Welcome to Subtitles On. You're here with Fee and G. This week, we're talking all things women. We do a 2020 roundup of what happened last year, including the effects of COVID on women and how the pandemic has affected women in business and funding. We share our thoughts on why we think there's a problem and finish off chatting about International Women's Day and other events, grants, and talks to look out for this year. Giselle. Yes, Faye. Welcome to another week. <laughs> so you had an eventful morning. Did I? What did I do? Tell you me about my tell, well, tell me gonna, about my morning. I'm gonna relay back to you what you did this morning. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, you went for yet another allergy test. My retest. Your retest yep. where they pricked your arm a bunch of times mm-hmm. to see if you are still allergic to the things that you were allergic to um, months ago. And I am. And you <laughs> you still are. Yep. But I hear less than previously. Less. Yeah. So I've been taking these little sublingual, which means you put them under your tongue, drops. Okay. Um, and they contain things like dog and cat. I've got like little, little. I don't know, they I mean, grind up a little bit of a disgusting dog. disgusting when you think about it. <laughs> it is, I guess it's just the dander yeah. from yep, the yep. dog and cat and the dust. Um, milk. Lovely. It's mold. And so you're taking nice. like a small bit of it and daily yeah. Yeah. to build up a tolerance so that you're Correct. less allergic. It's basically an allergy vaccination. Exactly. Um, hot topic. And it is a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a great segue. Yeah. Uh, so what would be good to talk about, because last year you may recall that we, when we first started talking about the podcast, we one of the things that really drove us to do this podcast was about the statistics around funding for women founded startups yeah and basically how poor it is so we did I think our first episode we chatted about those statistics as we all know COVID has disproportionately impacted women and for a variety of reasons but I guess you know probably two of the key reasons is that one the the jobs that women generally have have been in the industries that have been most affected which is kind of like hospitality retail even schools, childcare, et cetera. So being industries that, you know, obviously service industries, you're facing people and therefore they were subject to kind of, you know, being locked down. And I guess the other thing is that we disproportionately generally take on all the domestic duties at home. Okay. And then if we look at a bit, look at it from women in business and the disproportionate amount of funding for women last year, We're seeing stats like I saw a Crunchbase report that said there is a 27% decrease in female funding last year than it was in the same period in Mm. uh, 2019. Almost 30% decrease in female-funded businesses. Yeah. And I think – sorry, I just want to jump in and say that that then has to be compared again. So VC funding last year, it did get – there was a big drop-off, I think, quarter quarter two. But actually it ended up in quarter three being one of the highest – years in terms of the amount of money that was actually raised with companies. So it's not that there's a lack of funding. No. It's just that women It's not going to women. It's just not going to women. Yeah. Just, I guess, whilst we're on that, talking about what happened last year, I was reading this article about what women had kind of, and it was young women, so millennials, had kind of thought about what, like on reflection of what 2020 meant to them in one word. Mm. And the one word that came to these women's minds was stagnant Mm. 
And that actually kind of resonated with me a little bit as well. And I, I kind of thought that is a little bit representative of how it feels like a lot of, I guess, yeah, women's rights or women's movement has actually felt maybe last year is a little bit stagnant. And maybe, and then to be honest, maybe in the last few years, mm. it feels like it's stagnated out and it's just, a, it can be quite frustrating to go. There was so much movement in such a short period of time. And now I don't know if it's just a reflection of, exhaustion or you know beating the same drum over again that people have kind of taken a step back or whatever it is mm. but it it, de- it certainly was a word that resonated with me yeah I mean I think that's the issue that we're facing the truth of I think what we're talking about today is that it has stagnated yeah. I think it stagnated a long time ago yeah. and I think that people have for a long period of time actually considered that we we are equal and I'm like well no we're not and what happened last year with this pandemic is it's just shone a light on actually the how, I guess. True that is. (laughs) How our modern Australian workforce actually still does not support women. Yeah. And until we kind of actually focus on some of these biases, which is still there. Yeah then we're not going to go anywhere. The other thing about, I guess, that last year really has shone a light on is, you know, it's not just about women, but there's been a casualisation of our workforce, which, you know, due to, I think, again, the burden of domestic duties being on women typically, women will take up a a casual role for flexibility, right? So a full-time job with, you know, the security and so on or a part-time, you know, job with security often wouldn't have that same level of flexibility. Now, we're obviously, there's been big changes in that in the last year and hopefully that's where the world's moving but the truth is is that most women you know if they had needed flexibility then they had a casual job yeah and casual jobs were the first to go last year yeah and so they are the ones who are now sitting there not entitled to job whatever keeper seeker maker I don't know <laughs> yeah um, yeah so I think like just to, to close out that point about why women haven't been able to access funding really I think all the literature that we've both read kind of points to the same reason why women have been hardest hit by COVID the industries they're in casualization of workforce or it's the domestic duties yeah now I did want to say not it hasn't been all bad last year one of the really cool statistics that I liked reading about was that whilst only 22 countries have female leaders that it was those countries being New Zealand Mm. being Norway Norway Germany Finland Bangladesh those female-led countries were the ones that showed quicker responses to COVID stronger policies that actually led in less deaths better results overall yeah and I I loved reading that because that is not only true in the political spectrum when you look at statistics of um, companies that do end up getting that are female-led that do end up getting funding yeah they actually often have in the same incredibly great results yeah. at the other end yeah so do you know because there was one with the the funding I saw this report I think it was pitch book kind of a big survey they did of what had happened last year with female funding and it was like now that you're saying this one of their positives from last year was about the the speed to exit and how women founded companies are still the quicker to actually achieve the exit you know ipo or exit or big you know trade sale etc i mean look i think yeah there's there's great things there's great things happening out there i mean bumble female founded that's about to ipo is it about to IPO? You met your man on Bumble. I met my man on Bumble. See? Maybe I'll have some shares. <laughs> <laughs>
So, um, Gee, when we were talking this morning, you used two terms, which I really loved, and I want you to expand on them for everybody. Mm. But you had said we are, we went through essentially a she session, and we are going, coming out into a bloke covery. Yeah. And those are ridiculous terms, but I kind of love no, them. No, I love them. <laughs> what are we talking about then when we use these silly terms, she session or bloke covery? Yeah. So when I was reading, I kept coming across two terms really to describe, I guess, what the current state of play is for women and or the economy and what they referred to as a, rather than a recession, which is obviously what we're in, they referred to it as a she session or a pink recession. Okay. And so I guess, look, it just is, it just recognises the fact that it's been women who have been hardest hit. They've been in the majority of of those that have lost jobs. A lot of women have actually actively now at this point made decisions to actually take themselves out of the job market. So actually are no longer even in statistics. So they're not as part of an unemployment rate. They're just not actually looking for work because they've made a decision. You know what? At this point in time, it's way too hard. I'm homeschooling kids yeah. or I've got extra care responsibilities, etc. If we If we want economic recovery, we need to talk about gender. Yeah. Blow covery is then talking about how a lot of the um, stimulus measures or the recovery kind of efforts are focusing on getting men back into work. Yeah. And this is just a traditional, again, it's just talking about, look, the bias here is ensuring that, you know, those breadwinners at home, you know, they've got a job and not talking about, you know, what actually would help to get women back Back into work. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, it's good. So I was thinking it yep. might be cool to expose ourselves a little more than we usually do and delve into kind of what we think like personally are one of the biggest drivers as to why there is a problem. I know for me, I wanted to touch a bit on unconscious bias, mm-hmm. which we all hear about all the time, but I actually just wanted to unpack what that actually means and then give you a little bit about my thoughts on it. Mm. So I looked up a bunch of definitions before as to what unconscious bias was because I'm like, look, we hear the term used all the time. Really, all we're talking about is where there is some kind of prejudice, whether it's against a group of people, a gender, um, a thing, Mm. some kind of prejudice as against another group. And typically, it's an unfair prejudice. Mm. Now, I know I have unconscious bias and I actually was thinking it is always used in a very negative way. Mm. It's always looked at as a bad thing. Mm. And I've, I kind of thought, what if we actually look at it unconscious bias a little bit differently? What if we started thinking, okay, let me own my unconscious bias. Mm. Let me plaster it everywhere. I know mm. I've got unconscious bias. I know that if, you know, we're sitting in a room interviewing someone to join the team that I am 100% going to choose someone who is, I can chat to over a beer. And that's typically going to be, you know, maybe another woman, another woman in the same age bracket as me who does the same hobbies as me that I can chat to. Mm. That right there is unconscious bias. At least let's recognize it and let's maybe kind of shift the feeling towards it as as kind of claiming it as, yeah, I've got a conscious bias. Mm. This is mine. And then I was looking at unconscious bias more specifically in the context, obviously, of business Mm. and funding. Mm. And it's it's the same story that and we can loop back to what you were just talking about earlier. It's the Mm. same story as to when a woman goes to pitch and there is unconscious bias in the investors for which she's pitching to that 
for example, there's statistics to show that quite often the questions that are being directed towards female founders yes. are typically around things more around risk. Have you done your due diligence? What, yes. what are the problems and how are you going to solve them? Yes. When, when men are pitching, they're asked very different questions. Mm. What are the possibilities? Yes. What's, what is it going to look like? Hope, dreams, what do you want to do? Yes. And those shifts in language for when you're speaking to a female founder versus a male founder, actually really, ch that changes how you end up pitching. And that actually, again, feeds yeah. into, well, why you're probably not getting as much funding. Yeah. Because you're having to ask questions that are always thrown at you in a more negative view. And as I say, that comes from that unconscious bias and not even realizing the question that you're asking. Yep. So I called you yesterday and we were having a chat as I was driving from, I don't know where. Anyway. But yesterday when we were chatting, i that's kind of what I was getting at. I think what I was saying to Fee yesterday was, you know, what really gets my goat when I've been reading all this stuff is like, it just really feels like everything is still on women to fit into a male's way of business and a way of pitching. And, you know, for example, that example you gave just then about the questions, it then typically the literature is like, okay, well, this is what women can do to answer those questions that are, you know, asked of them differently. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, actually, no. How about you VC take some take some responsibility <laughs> and change the way you're asking questions like take a hard look at yourself and yeah and you know the same with like I don't know there's just there's so much about women getting more confidence and and all this other stuff again why can't we just go actually why does a woman have to frame herself and mold herself into being a certain way to fit into the male dominated way of receiving funding Why does it? Why does this matter? I think one of the biggest re reasons it matters, and this is from previous experience from recessions in the past, is that once you're out of the mar the labor market, mm. it's really difficult to get back in. And yep. without active policy to make a difference to push women to go back into the labor market, mm. what are we to do? Yeah, I mean the generational impact, right? I mean even like from a pandemic experience, I think. So I read something about the Ebola crisis obviously in in Africa and saying you know the stats there showed that you know the when girls and young women left education or employment during that pandemic or that that outbreak that they were less likely to return yeah. than their male peers yeah. then pregnancy rates increase you've got skill gaps that you know widen and you've got this whole bunch of women and girls taking on more domestic tasks and again we're just putting the whole women's movement back Cool. Well, it's not all doom and gloom. It is so. not all doom and gloom. Let's talk about something happy. Let's talk about what's happening in the world in Sydney, our little area. <laughs> so we have got next month International Women's Day coming up. Yes. The um, theme that they chose this year is called Choose to Challenge. Oh. Choose to Challenge. It's saying we can choose to challenge and call out gender bias and inequity. I, well, like I didn't it. even know that. And look at us Many here. I know. Is I this thought, what our relevant. podcast is called? Like choose to challenge? Let's choose to challenge. Like just throw the gauntlet down. Come on. I thought it was, there's an interesting thing as well. And it was a choose to challenge pose. They are kind of showcasing you post. <laughs> what do you do? No, that's it. So oh, you, you put, it is you putting your hand up. Yeah. And it's kind of meant to be a 
almost a focus on pushing back inequity. So a hand forcefully up. I, I like it. I agree. I like the I like the the theme saying choose to challenge. It, it's it's not specific enough that it's exclusive. It's choose to challenge and let that mean what it want, what you want it to mean. Yeah, totally. Choose to challenge inequity. Choose to challenge celebrating women's achievements. Yes. Choose to challenge what you want to challenge. Yes. And I, I actually I think that's they've done a good job in. Yeah, picking up. Formulating that. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to chat about was just if you are in the Sydney area like us, Mm. um, we have got the All About Women Conference again. This is their ninth year running. G and I go, we've been last three or four years, if not more. Mm. This year they're doing not only events at the Opera House, but also virtual events, which I am loving the idea of. So it doesn't matter if you're in Sydney or not. So it doesn't matter if you're in Sydney or not, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what am I talking about? Exactly. But how cool would it be? I was thinking I've booked in to see the sex work and feminism mm-hmm. talk, and it's a virtual one, yep. of having a bit of a event at my own house. So just have a couple girlfriends over, have some wine, and listen to the, the talk. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, that's awesome. You that's know? a great idea. There's actually, I mean, there's so many good International Women's Day events on, while I think about it, so future women is a client of ours and you know good friends of the firm and started up by Helen McCabe who actually used to be the editor of Australian Women's Weekly she's just incredible but they have I think they've got their summit and that that might have been sold out for I think in-person attendance but again there's lots of there's lots of virtual tickets there and amazing people speaking and amazing topics but they've also got some pretty cool uh International Women's Day events, and they've actually got a breakfast on with a fully Indigenous panel, which all women, all First First Nations, Australians, just incredible. I went last year, and I think it was quite possibly, hands down, the best event I've ever been to. And there you go, throwing out another gauntlet of about actual diversity. Yeah. You know, it's fine that we're talking about women here, but, like, let's actually have some diversity and we should be talking about, you know, First Nations people being on all all boards. And Absolutely. So the future women tickets and events are all online? All online. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And the other one that I wanted to talk about is the Boosting Female Founders Initiative. Mm. So this is a grant put on by the federal government. They did it last year and they're extending it. And what they're offering are grants between 25000 and 480000 to female-founded businesses. Yep. There's a bunch of eligibility requirements, which mm. totally makes sense. Mm. However, let's talk about these eligibility requirements. Yeah. It's, there's a so, lot of, yeah. Controversy on there's it? There's a bit of controversy. There is, right? Yeah. So the eligibility requirements are such that you have to be at least 50% owned and you have to have a 50% senior management team. So think about kind of your C-suite. Yeah. Now, I think one of the biggest hurdles is that 50% ownership. What I'll say on that is that, yes, I, I totally understand. You have to draw a line somewhere. And I get that you're saying a 50% shareholding is where, I guess, the federal government has decided to draw that line. However, you could have very much a female-founded business yep. who your female founder does, say, a capital raise. She drops down to 45%, but is very much still in control of that business. Totally. And she is now no longer eligible. That's a shame. The other flip side that I think is a bit of a shame is that it is be that in order to be eligible, whilst you get to this grant, you have to match the funding. 
We yeah. already know that women don't have access to yeah. funding. So in order to get your 200, uh, 480K, you have to raise 480K. But there's a problem in that you can't raise 480K. Yeah. <laughs> so it is inherently kind of controversial or inherently contradictory yeah. um, in so many ways. That's not to say I don't think it's great. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a number of clients of do. ours who have got grants. Yeah. Who've got this. Um, yeah, I saw a list the other day and I was like, yeah. Ooh, look at those people. It's so it's amazing. Quite rewarding. It is. Yeah, it's so, it's so cool. Fee, that was a great. I really enjoyed that podcast, doing yeah. that with you. I really enjoyed that discussion. I mean, I find it depressing. Um, <laughs> and the statistics are pretty grim. Like, let's just be frank. But I think it was a conversation we need to have. And it's a conversation we need to continue to have. And I and you would love to hear what our listeners think about it. We actually very excitingly are going to launch our newsletter this week. So if you haven't subscribed, you can do that by going to our website, subtitleson.com. And please, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review. It all helps us um, getting the message out there more. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.